Low wall. Yes, we're only on today. We're not. We weren't on yesterday. We needed a break, <laughs> and we get one, <laughs> and we get one weekend day off for the next uh, handful of days coming up because I don't think we have Saturday games again until next December. So yeah, we had a, nice... a whole another year, whole <laughs> yeah. another year. But still, yeah. yes. And no specials today either. Um, we've hit episode 51. We've passed a year. I don't think we have another milestone for a really long time. So, until episode 75. Yeah, <laughs> and on 100. But let's see if, you know, we got a ways to go. Let's not rush there. Right, anyway, I know what you mean. Yeah. We got some talk on the NFL coaching carousel. We also got baseball news. And then, of course, our predictions for championship week, as well as Tinkle on this for the week. But we started off with the Tinkle rundown. Jason, I'll let you start. I know this has not been your best week, but hey, we'll let you start it off. No, it has not been the best week. Sorry. Um, (laughs) It has not been the best week. As of terms of um, football-wise, especially for Bills fans, you know, we got all many heart heart attacks watching that game, especially in the last 13 seconds of regulation, where the where the Chiefs went down the field, um, tied up the game and heading into overtime, won a coin toss, went down the field, and then Matt Milano was not able to do his due diligence and try to. Make sure that uh, Travis Kelsey did not score the game-winning touchdown, which unfortunately did happen, and Bills had to deal with another loss. So, um, but there's some good things that came out of the game. Buffalo Bills offense made history, where they had the first player in league history score four touchdowns in one game. Man had him was literally the whole entire Bills offense in that game. He had eight receptions for 201 yards and four touchdowns, which is now a single game record for one player in the postseason. Um, Can I tell you, know, you that it's a shame that it's all for not considering the result? I know it. It sucks. You know, not very often do you see a guy having that kind of game. There's no turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um. Over 300 yards, four touchdowns, and lose. That doesn't happen. That's uncalled for. If that, you know, if, if this was football in the past, that probably would have been like a blowout. At least, at least, you know, would be resulting into a win. Um, of course, you never, you know, would have thought that 13 seconds would have been enough time for anybody. But when you still have 13 seconds of three timeouts, anything is possible. Again, it does hurt, but there was some positive there. Buffalo Bills in itself also made history, too, for um, seven you know seven straight um, drives and seven touchdowns, which is a record for po- postseason to be... You know, actually, it wasn't a record. It was the first time it's happened since like the 50s or something like that in NFL history. So they're the first team since 1950 to have a 
complete. Sorry. Um, do this podcast, okay? Um, <laughs> um, All right. Sorry. Um, it was the first time in his, at least Buffalo Bills history, where they had seven drives, seven touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. You know, if you saw a team that did that in two postseason games, there's there's no question they should have lost, or should have been the most dominant team out there. But when you have the Chiefs, who also have been doing the same thing this postseason, having those kind of successes, it's kind of hard to be a team that's like that offensively-wise, unless you have a really solid defense, which you would think number one defense would lead into being able to stop said offense, but again, that didn't happen, but... That talk is going to be done another way. Of course, you know, Brian will talk a little bit about it. Um, I'll do a little bit more serious. Which is why I'm keeping quiet on your first one. But, yeah, this one I'll weigh in more. Um, Basketball-wise, there should be no way any player in any sport should have done what Grayson Allen did in, in any kind of career. Alex Caruso is going in for a layup, trying to score for Chicago. Grayson Allen deliberately pulls him down and throws him down to the court, resulting in a one-game suspension. And this is where I say they did it wrong. That should have at least been five or more more games to be suspended. But to only have one game, NBA and, and... um. You know, Adam Silver, you did the wrong thing. You should have suspended him more. The league should have done more actions against it because Brian will go into more details of yeah. what he done in the past, but this man is going to keep on doing it, and this is also a Chicago team who is down a star right now. They're Here. down Lonzo Ball for 68 weeks. Now they're down Alex Caruso with a broken um, wrist. Yeah, and here's why. So here's why I'm going to say why Grayson Allen should have gotten more. Now, of course, this was pre-NBA, but this still weighs in quite a bit. This is why this guy needs a lot of psychological help, okay? Grayson Allen takes competition to a whole new level. If I can't win, I'm going to destroy the guy that's beaten me, okay? Um, He got assessed a flagrant one foul. This is his sophomore year against Louisville for tripping race balding. Um, then the second game, he got ejected for yelling at a referee after being called for his fifth foul for elbowing, okay? Coach K didn't punish him for either of those. I believe the NCAA just slapped him on the wrist, okay? His sophomore or his junior year, Coach K suspended him and stripped him of captain status, uh, status after tripping an Elon player, um, you know... Here's the thing. It's very clear that slapping him on the wrist doesn't do enough. I would say actually in the way of 10 games, if not 15 for that, if if it's up to me. Just looking back at his history and saying, okay, you know what? And on top of it, you're going to go to anger management and you're going to go to counseling. Actually, I would actually indefinitely suspend him and say you're going to counseling for this. 
and you're not coming back into the league until you learn how to deal with anger management. Oh, okay. I agree. See, what I would... Okay, no, the, the question I have is, like, say if he did somehow end Alex Caruso's NBA career right then and there. Bye-bye. You would have to... Bye-bye. You would have to... You have to kick him out of the league yep. for that. You would yep. have. Yep. That's eye for an eye at that point. I'm, I'm not much exactly. of an eye for an eye guy, but when you end someone's career... Now, here's the thing. If it happens on accident... Now, I mean, look at Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier was a total freak accident. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's not like someone kicked him and, you know, paralyzed him intentionally. Okay. No one right. should have gotten punished for that. That's a freak accident on the field. What Grayson Allen is doing is not a freak accident. I don't know if something just clicks in his head, and that's where maybe he needs that counseling to help him figure this out. Okay, what is causing him to act like this? Because he did it at Duke, um, you know, and frankly, I'm shocked Coach K put up with it for as long as he did because Coach K, I mean, Hall of Fame coach, no-nonsense coach, I don't know, I... I give Coach K props. If anything, if I'm also the Memphis Grizzlies, because he is on the Grizzlies right now, if I'm not mistaken. No, he's not on the Memphis Grizzlies. He's on the um, Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Sorry. I, I quickly browsed his Wikipedia. So, he used to be on the Grizzlies. Yeah, that's why I saw that. So, um, if, I'm, if I'm the Grizzlies front office, if anything, I'm going to call coach Krzyzewski and say hey how did you deal with him okay since now that the NBA's gotten involved the team should get involved as well and say hey this is what's going to happen if you want to return to the court so I hate to interrupt you you mean if if I was the Bucks, I would hit call coach Krzyzewski yeah yeah if, yeah if I was the Bucks, I would be calling him and saying how the how the did you deal with them all these years so, um, it looks like he cleaned it up his senior year, but like I said, again, I think he needs counseling. He needs it bad at this point. Oh, I agree. Because it looked like he was deliberately trying to injure Alex Caruso in that amount. It's not like, you know, he, he accidentally did it because his hands were there. No, it looks like he was legit trying to grab him and throw him down. Duke, Duke fans, Bucks fans, I don't care which what part of Grayson Allen's career you supported, you, you've you lost any right to defend him at this point. It's become almost impossible to defend him. Okay. I, you're a witness, Jason. I used to do this on the court as well. I think I tackled a big guy. I'm shocked I didn't get yeah. a technical for it, but I didn't see the court the rest of the game. Okay, and I got called out in the locker room, and I snapped out of it real quick. Okay, then there was another time I was screaming for a foul. I used to trip people. I used to play physical. I used to play cocky, but you know what? I I eventually learned, and that's something Grayson Allen hasn't done just yet. Like right. I, I just speak from personal experience. I think that's a good yeah, but anyway, I'll let you go on. It is your points and your takeaways, but I figured since I watched Grayson Allen at Duke that this was my time to shine, chime in. No, you have every right to. Um, For my last takeaway, 
The Rams, they have had a really great year, uh, have had a really good postseason as of late. Man, man, they came about this close to just saying goodbye to their season. Um, they went up big on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they also almost had a Atlanta Falcons meltdown because Tom Brady's been there before. He's done it multiple times before coming back in games. But if it was, man, I tell you what, if that game showed me anything, Cooper Cup is like at a whole different level. Matthew Stafford throws that long bomb past Cooper Cup. Can I? They're they're, they're speeding up. They're speeding up. He just wants a clock. He wants a clock. Cooper Cup is a man amongst boys. Oh, I know he is. They clock the ball, hit the game-winning field goal. Matt Gay sends them to the championship game. Bye-bye, Tom Brady. I guess you're not going to be seeing yourself in another Super Bowl. No no eight titles for you this year. Maybe ever, uh, if you've seen the news. But, of course, we didn't put it as a headline because this this story just comes up every year. Um, so I'm just going to hold yeah. off on thoughts about this no high speculation that this could be his last year that he could often say to his family but there are there is also we're going around that gronk might not return next thing if i'm not mistaken i believe i saw something where gronk said that if brady wasn't throwing him the ball he wasn't going to play okay so, so, correct me if I'm wrong there, but... Rock County not saying no to possibly coming back next season. There could be some speculation that Tom Brady is actually going to be done in the league, but we'll see. He'll probably wait until the offseason to announce it, but we'll find you out know, It's a shame, soon. because if Gronk was more open-minded... He, I'd take him over Kelsey any day. I think he's a way better tight end when he was healthy and in his prime. Mm-hmm. So, um, but what I will say, um, first off, Todd Bowles, what was with that all-out blitz at the end? Why would you do that? Especially okay. when you have a guy like um, is, Cooper Cup that's just going to go yeah. straight through the middle and catch that? Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) This is a guy who was a head coaching candidate like two weeks ago. Might have just lost that candidacy. Um, And should I note, man, this, like I said, we're going to talk about coaching in a little bit here. But, man, I don't know if I'd trust any of those Bucks coaches. Uh, Again, I'll elaborate more when we get there. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. Here's the thing, the Bucks defense didn't cost them the game. Todd Bowles costed them the game, in my opinion. Okay. And that's why I think, you know, same thing could be said about the Bills. Like, I don't think it was the defense that costed them. I just yeah. think it was, it was like Frazier who didn't put together the right defensive game plan towards the end to help them win the game. Pretty but, sure, you know. Pretty sure I read. Here's the thing. I know we talk about coaches go down on their play calls here. I, mean, I know we're kind of low-key saying yes. that. We're I want low- to say, the Chiefs actually, that last play, mm-hmm. the lead into the game-tying field goal, that was all 
Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. That was no yeah, um, Andy uh, Reid or Travis, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, Travis Kelsey straight up said he wasn't going to run any of the routes that were called. Patrick um, Mahomes was totally fine with it. Yep. Then and, they were going to the All you could hear is, do it, Kelsey. Do it. He lines out of position. Instead of going up and right, he goes up and left. Yep. And, or I think he just kept going straight up. That's, that's not the only rogue thing that happened this weekend. That's That that wasn't where I was going, Ooh, but yeah. I'm glad you brought that part up. Um, yeah. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah his, like three or four yeah. of his own plays and they all worked. Yep, because his headset didn't work. So, yeah, I don't know. Are you so well, all right. lucky that all the plays worked? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, all right. Is it on the minor? Yes, you're all set all to right. go on New York. Bills, you're saying Josh Allen, you, you asked me Saturday, I'm like, you were like, are you finally going to respect Josh Allen and stop criticizing him? I'll I concede. I concede. Okay. To go toe to toe with a Super Bowl championship team. Now, granted, the Chiefs are the 27th-ranked defense, but I digress from that. Um, Josh Allen played like the better quarterback in that game. And say what you will, but, you know, here's the thing. When you have Andy Reid saying it's time for overtime rules to change, when you have now fans crying out saying time for the rules to change, I'm sorry, I got to agree here. The rules got to change. They robbed us of a great game by keeping Josh Allen sidelined on a moment of fate. Granted, defense wins championships. I get it. 13 seconds. You should have stopped them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is on Leslie Frazier. Speaking of coaches, that is 100% on Leslie Frazier. Why were you rushing four and saving the fifth one in the middle of the field? Like... I would rather have jo- I would rather have Patrick Mahomes run, because you want to know what? That's going to eat more time off the clock. At the end of the day, yeah, and there's exactly. no way they're going to go for the field goal. Um, but then, then if you think about it, there's also a hell of a lot of um, yards that you would have to gain just to be able to mm-hmm. run and possibly get like a touchdown yeah. or. Which is, but, you're right, wouldn't be a lot of time. Yeah. If there's anything I would have changed about that game, I probably would have done, like... I would like, have done Rush 3 uh, at the end. I would have a man-to-man into, like, into a zone instead of kind of, like, Rush See, 4 to kind of look like it'd be, like, a man-blitz type of situation. Now, see, there's two things I would have changed. Okay, first off, I would have only rushed three against Patrick Mahomes at the end. If he runs, he runs. Plain and simple. I would have tried to double Kelsey and Yeah, but that's why... As much as... No, no, I would have rushed three and I would have sent everybody else deep. If he runs, he runs. Okay. Because guess what? If he runs, it's going to eat more time off the clock than him throwing the ball and incomplete or, you know, caught by Kelsey timeout immediately. Um, You know, and then on top of it, the second play I would have changed, 
going back, I believe, to the third quarter or early in the fourth, the Bills had a fourth and half an inch. Granted, it was in the Kansas City or it was in Bills territory. Probably not the smartest decision, but you have a big quarterback like Josh Allen. You have no Tyron Matthew on the other side. Actually, three things, speaking of that. Um, but you have Josh Allen on fourth and half a yard. You, you're you telling me you couldn't run it up the middle and go for it right there? You punted it instead of that. Okay. I'm sorry, but you would have gotten it. Probably would have. So, then... Thankfully, I mentioned Tyron Matthew because the third thing, Josh Allen took Tyron Matthew out of the game unintentionally. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Gabe Davis was deep down the field every time wide open. Why didn't they take more shots there? You could have had like eight or nine straight drives with touchdowns had it been for those deep passes. Instead, they settled for the short little check downs, the east-west running, which the east-west running did nothing for the Bills. Except, like, no, I, think, I think it was, like, at the end of the day, a quarter yard per, you know, a quarter yard average when they went east and west. Now, stat that, AWS, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> um, so, little mistakes like that. Punting it out of the end, or kicking it out of the end zone. I know that was a debatable thing, but I, I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about the overtime rules. Now, I've talked to some people this week. There are many who are saying, don't change the overtime rules. It's fine the way it is. But let me just stress this real quick. Hockey is determined on a face-off, okay? Face-off to start overtime, and then after that, whoever scores wins. Okay? It's not a coin toss, you know, you get the ball or you get the puck to start sort of thing. Baseball is not determined um, based on the top of the 10th. Okay? And with that stupid man on second rule, which I'll, I digress on that as well. Um, I don't want to go into detail. Um but if, say, someone scores in the top of the 10th, game's over if if we play by that rule. So the road team would always win. Okay. Soccer, if we didn't have penalty kicks, we'd have draws in the playoffs. Okay. Why should right. football be any different here? In the playoffs, nonetheless. If anything, you should have a 15-minute overtime... And it runs to the end. If it's tied at the end of overtime, here's my proposal. Okay, the overtime runs 15 minutes regardless, and whoever is the leader at the end of that 15 minutes is the winner. Plain and simple. Right. But in the event, in, in overtime, if there is a tie at the end of overtime in the playoffs, my proposal is fourth and goal situations at the 10-yard line and you have to score a touchdown. Okay? Kind of like the hockey shootout. So, you have to score a touchdown. But here's here's the other kicker. If you don't set up your defense right, you can't call timeout. Okay? No timeouts. 
play play clock at 25 the second you get on the field. And then on top of it, best two out of three. If you score two touchdowns, your opponent doesn't. You win the game by six. You know what I would like? Them to have it where even if it's still tied at the end of overtime, try to have your kicker see who can kick like a 50-yard field goal. Yep. Like have like a kickoff or something like that. And whoever can, whoever the first can be to kick a field, a fifty-yard field goal, mm-hmm. you know, wins the game. Okay, I wouldn't even mind that. Now here's because the- if you can do it that way, then you better ha- hope to God that you have like one of the best in the world. Because I hate to say it, fifty-yard field goals mm-hmm. are, you know, sometimes can be hard to make. Sometimes even 30, 40-yard field goals aren't, you know, given yeah. nowadays. So that's what I would do. Yeah. So then my other like, thing. Especially in the regular season. So regular season go into – I think they need to get rid of the whole tying thing in yeah, the regular season too. I hate too. the tying. I hate it with the passion. Um, but what I will say – is um, if you want to stick with the whole, you know, sudden death, you know, um, each team possesses it once, you know, if you want to do that, what I will say is this. The kicker on the kickoff should be allowed to kick it short and try to strip the ball. If they strip the ball on the kickoff, the next score should win the game, okay? So again, if the returner muffs it or fumbles it, then the team that recover, or if the uh, kicking team recovers, then if they score, they win the game. Because at that point, you did possess the ball once and you blew it. So that would be my rule. Um, but anyway, going off of that, it was probably the best weekend of football all year. Probably the best oh, yeah. weekend of football we've seen in a long time. I'll even go as far to say that. I think it was the best weekend of football we've seen in a long time. I've never seen games so close, so entertaining. You know, I mean, I was glued to the TV just watching it. For the first time, I had a weekend off to watch a full weekend of football, and I just stayed glued to the TV. It was so entertaining. Um, but It was. It was really entertaining. You know, I will say this. Packers should fire their special teams coordinator. You can't fuck up that bad and expect to keep your job. Um... Yeah, so that should be first and foremost. Um, The Bengals, I mean, Ryan Tannehill fucked his team. I'm sorry for the language. He fucked his team at that point. Yeah. Then, you know, like I talked, I already talked about the Bucks and the Chiefs games there, so I won't elaborate too much more on that. But going forward, 
I want to do a follow-up on the Syracuse thing that I had mentioned. Um, so Syracuse, I said last Sunday, before um, realizing that the game was played on Saturday, the Duke game was a big test for Syracuse. We don't want to talk about the result of that one. 20-point loss. <laughs> they were down by as much as 30 most of the game. And then on top of it, they dropped the game to Pittsburgh. And now Syracuse sits at 9-11. and You got to imagine now, Bayheim said at the end of last year, I'll retire when I suck. Is this now the time that he says, I? it's time to go? I mean, I don't want yeah, to see it. Just, it just might very well might be. I mean, it would suck to have to see him because yeah. he's put so many years into Syracuse, even as a player itself. Yeah. But um, I just think it's time for like a new school type approach for Syracuse. Uh, and, I don't like that, you know, though. You know what? I mean, you've played zone for 60-something years. So, I don't know. If, if I'm the athletic director... I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. I don't want Autry as my coach. I don't know about Autry yet. But I will tell you what I would like to see. What about Jerry McNamara? 2003 national champion with Syracuse. I believe he holds the record for the most threes in a single game. And again, he's a young guy. He's a guy who could be in this program for years to come. And then, assuming Buddy Bayheim's NBA career derails, because he's probably not going to do much at the NBA level, um, you know, maybe bring him on as an assistant. Or even better yet, bring on Jimmy Bayheim as an assistant. Bring on one of the Bayheim brothers as a graduate assistant. You know, and then, like I said, young faces... It'll be better for recruiting. And we go from there. I mean, that's what I was kind of getting at with that new yeah. school approach. Is like bringing somebody I, that's a little younger, that can yeah. understand the game of today, than you okay, know, maybe okay. like the game of like see, yesterday. And I don't... See where it goes from there. But see, I don't want to bring in a coach that would steer away from what puts Syracuse basketball on the map. Let's face it, the 2-3 zone puts Syracuse basketball on the map. Okay, it's been a staple in the program for years. And granted, this year it doesn't look too good, but, you know, things can be fixed. I mean, that's all I would say on that. But anyway, let's go on to the NFL coaching carousel here. So I'm going to read off some of the latest headlines, and then we'll give our thoughts here. Um, Byron Leftwich, what seemed like a few days ago was his job automatic. Like, it seemed like he was hired based on some of the wording of some of the articles. Now he's listed as the front runner for the Jags job. You're going to love this name. Vic Fangio is being interviewed for the head coaching job as well. Yes, I shake my head as well. Um, Eric Eberfluss, he was hired by the Bears. 
and Ryan Pace um, from gotta represent the hometown. Um, he or Pace was hired as the new um, Bears GM from Canandaigua, New York. Um, yeah, like I said, five eight five represent. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um. Well. Um. Nathaniel Hackett was named as the Broncos head coach. Oh, Ryan Poles. My mistake. I typed it wrong. Ryan Poles. But again, um, 585 represent Ryan Poles. Congratulations, bud. Too bad you hired kind of a bad head coach in Eberfloss. Um, but again, um, Brian Dable. Oh. <laughs> Brian Dable may be the coach with the most options this this season. Um, the Giants want him. He's the front runner for the Giants. He is also the front runner for the Miami Dolphins job at the moment. So he has got a lot of big options. I will say this: after that kind of off season that the Bills put together, I would probably I think he is the front runner for a lot of teams. And and honestly. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah, and should I notice? Well? And I know that, and I know that people give him crap because you know his offense could be so up and down with stuff. But I just think that him as a head coach, mm-hmm. the way that he can, you know, put the pieces together for a team that needs it offensively, I think he can do it. It's just mm-hmm. it's a matter of time. Yeah, and I mean, first then again, great offensive minds. How can he be as head coaches? So yeah, and Thursday Dan Quinn announced he will not be taking a head coaching job, instead returning to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, then Sean Payton. I think it's, yeah, yeah. I was going to add to this as well. Sean Payton, in what I thought was another clickbait, you know, Sean Payton just trying to draw attention, like Sean Payton has done for the last five or six years he finally announced he is going to resign as the saints head coach probably the biggest storyline in the coaching carousel now as there's now another opening um so i guess isn't that nine spots that are open for teams that need a and if i'm Taysom hill i'm shaking in my cleats right now Okay, because Sean Payton's the one who went to bat for you. And I just don't see anyone on that Saints uh, coaching staff that's capable of taking that job full-time. So, but anyway, your thoughts here on the coaching news here. Um, yeah, I guess my one thought is, what the hell are the Jags accomplishing with either one of those front-runners for the for the job, because I hate to say it, Trevor Lawrence to me looks like he's just going to be a bust so far. He um, needed a better coach. That's what I was And and the thing about Byron Leftwich is, yeah, he looks so good, but he also had Tom Brady as yeah. his quarterback. Another one like Josh McDaniels. I don't know how exactly he's going to do. 
with a young quarterback. I just don't think he's going to have that kind of success. Byron Leftwich is well known for his time as a backup to Big Ben. Well, also his time in Jacksonville, where it all began. Right. But the thing is, I just don't see him having that kind of success as a head coach. I think he's going to be there for like a few years, and then Jacksonville is going to have to look for another head coach. Mm-hmm. That's where I see it. matter if they hire both of those two men, um, they are going to struggle and be in the same position you know, that they are currently. And to be honest, I'm shocked that the, um, the coaches on the Bucks staff right now aren't being, uh, you know, X'd off the list or canceled from coaching interviews the way that let's face it Bruce Arians is he might not be around much longer the the right things are going we may have another coaching opening very soon um because he slapped one of his safeties upside the head now there's a lawsuit from Antonio Brown and a lot of it circles around Bruce Arians so it may not be long before Bruce Arians either retires, steps down, or gets fired. At this point, it may... yeah, but I don't think it's gonna be this off season. I don't think it's going to be next but season. You're saying Anto- his lack. Um, Antonio Brown might have something on him. That's the big thing. I'm not saying that you're saying Antonio Brown might just be crazy enough to win this lawsuit. Might just be crazy enough. And at that point, then Bruce Arians is probably going to get fired because at the end of the day, it's going to look like, oh, you costed us all this money. <laughs> True. But um, as far as Sean I Payton, gonna, what? I was going to do Eberfluss. Sure. I, I mean, don't, don't like get me it. The Colts defense wasn't terrible. It, it, it might help out in the sense that the Bears defense will still be good. Yeah. But if I'm holes your first real test of being a gm is bringing in a really good offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. to help out that team because i hate to say it right now your quarterback situation is really crappy yeah um you know between nick Foles and justin fields and um andy dalton you, you don't really have a clear starter right then and there in Chicago. So that offensive coordinator is already going to have a lot on his plate to determine between those three quarterbacks who is the best one to, to, that has success for this team. So I don't think they're going to be there for very long, I hate to say it. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, I don't think he's going to have very good success as a head no. coach. This I reminds reason me of Joe Philbin. I think the only reason why he had success is because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Reminds me of another uh, Joe Philbin situation. If there's any coach that is a frontrunner right now that's really good, is Brian Dable. Because Brian Dable has had success in other places. Yeah. Um, he has had success what under about, Nick Saban. What about Alabama? The He's had with um, the Patriots. He's had success with the Bills. I just think that no, he can have success wherever he goes. But, but here's the thing. What about Biennemi? Biennemi is owed just as much credit 
as Brian Dable in terms of developing a young quarterback. Okay, that's what kills me is these two don't get the amount of respect that they deserve for that compared to guys like Leftwich and uh, Hackett who inherited a good quarterback who was already established, um, you know, could easily lead a top mm-hmm. five offense regardless of the talent around them. Who knows, Eric Bieniemy just might up seeing his way into New Orleans. He might just see it into Minnesota. He's got ties in Minnesota. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of... I think this is the first time, at least that I saw, that there's a lot of coaching um, opportunity for for possible first-time head coaches this year. And, And let me tell you this as well. As far as Sean Payton goes, without question, Hall of Fame coach. Um, you know. Yeah, of course. No, no doubts here. But what I will say is, mark this right now that the first coach we can officially put on the hot seat for next year is Mike McCarthy. Okay, guaranteed, Mike McCarthy yeah. is on the hot seat next year, regardless. And I mean, like, I don't mean like. I don't mean like 10, you know, like 9 and 8 gets in the playoffs on the division. I mean, you know, like that. I don't mean like 9 and 8 saves his job making the playoffs. I mean, like, he needs to make the NFC Championship next year. Something Dallas hasn't done in a really long time. So, I mean, he needs to do that at this point because I could tell you right now, if. Jerry Jones fires Mike McCarthy. Sean Payton's the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That is a guarantee. You can book it right now that I said it on this show. He will be the next head coach (laughs) of the Dallas Cowboys, either next year or the year after when that contract expires with New Orleans. Right. So Before we go into our break, I do want to say um, two teams or two coaches I can see on a big-time hotspot hot seat next year Matt Roll of Carolina yep. and I hate to say it I know Mike Tomlin has had such an illustrious career with Big no. Ben I see in the Pittsburgh Steelers flip that with Pete Carroll and then I'm I'm on your side there okay um, but alright yes I can I, see I, that too you I'm can't, sure you still can't put Mike problem. Tomlin on the hot seat with all these winning seasons he's had um Anyway, we're going to be right back with the Baseball Hall of Fame and our picks for the weekend coming up in just a moment. It's big poppy time in Cooperstown. David Ortiz is the lone inductee into the Class of 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, Sammy Sosa were snubbed. And, of course, most notably, Bonds and Schilling in the final years of eligibility on the modern-day player ballot. Um, Your thoughts here, Jason, on all this? Yeah, I mean, when you have allegations against you, you're not going to get in. I hate to say it, but David Ortiz, if there's any player that definitely deserves it, it is him. He has had such an amazing career, so many great years, and I know... I know a lot of 
Yeah, I know you and a lot of other people I know are not big Red Sox fans at all. But if there's if there's anybody that played for the Red Sox that deserves a lot, it's David Ortiz. David Ortiz is he's one of those guys who might have fallen in the steroid category, might not have. I know he had a little bit of controversy in terms of that early in his career. Um, Barry Bonds. as far as that goes, look at, um, oh my God, it's back on the record with Bob Costas. Um, it's on HBO Max. If you do have HBO Max, I encourage you watch the latest episode. He does talk about Barry Bonds, him and uh, Bomani Jones there. It was a good discussion on whether he should get into the Hall of Fame. Um, at the end of the day, he is the home run records leader. I just don't think if baseball is going to maintain no steroids in the Hall of Fame, then yeah, he shouldn't get in. Um, Kurt Schilling is a surpriser. Um, I don't know if it's because of his political beliefs or something else, but I can't believe he didn't get in. That's just a rotten shame. Um... And then, of course, uh, Roger Clemens not getting in, another big name. Um, But I'm happy David Ortiz got in, 100% deserving of the first ballot. Okay, 100%. And now he's got something he can hold over A-Rod, because A-Rod, after that biogenesis uh, thing, will never, ever see the likes of the Hall of Fame. (laughs) So... I'm referring, if you watch um, MLB on Fox in the postseason, you know why I'm referring to those two going at it all the time. Um, But anyway, before we make our picks, we of course welcome back the Twitterverse in helping us make our picks. Maybe. Um, Votes didn't quite go out there. But we did also put up a poll since we got a little bit of time. I figure I bring it up. So last week on the show... If you recall, Jason, I brought up what was the worst playoff call of all time from the referees. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I did a little thing. I uh, asked Twitter what their thoughts were. Um, I only got one vote left, or one vote back. But the tuck rule. Now, here's the thing. If we get more votes between now and next (laughs) week, or now and after the show's done recording, we'll fix that for next week's show but um the tuck rule was voted so far is currently leading in terms of the worst calls in nfl history um this is compared to the missed defensive pass interference in the new orleans and la game the music city miracle and whistlegate Yeah, the tuck rule there, that was that was dumb. I think it was just a made-up rule to help Brady get into the Super Bowl that year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it... The Raiders should have very well won that game and went off to the Super Bowl because it was the ASC Championship game against the Patriots and the Raiders, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree... I mean, the Music City Miracle, back then the cameras weren't that good. It's it's debatable whether it was a forward pass or not. I mean, you don't have this, the level of replay and the camera angles that you have now. Right. 
So one camera could say that it went forward. Another one could say it went to the side. It was fine. You know, I, I don't want to judge on it. I know many people have their views on it. Um, the missed defensive pass interference, that one's definitely top three. For sure. Yeah. That'll go down as one of the top three worst calls of all time. Um, then, as far as Whistlegate, I'm just shrugging my shoulders. I don't know what to say in terms of that. I think we said all we needed to say. <laughs> yeah, I um, think so, too. But, anyway. It was crazy, though, still. Yeah. But... Let's go to our championship weekend picks. Yep. Chiefs-Bengals. Chiefs are a seven-point favorite. Um, Chiefs also won the Twitter vote with 100% of the vote. You know, as much as I would love to see the Bengals move on, I just think that Joe Burrow and the Bengals are not there to a championship appearance just yet. I could be wrong. Anything could happen. But the Chiefs, I think, are going to get there, and it's going to be, what, the f third time in a row. Third time, yeah. That's just... But I will say this as a thing now. Chiefs fans, this might just be the last time you see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl multiple times in a row, because no team since the Buffalo Bills in the 90s have been there four straight years. Yep. Just going to put that out there. So, enjoy your time in the mm -hmm. Super Bowl, because it just might be the last time for a while. <laughs> and should I point out, man, not put just because of that, but look at what's coming up in the AFC. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, um, oh, I'm even going to throw Lamar Lamar Jackson, hell, I'm going to even throw um, Mac Jones in there. Give it a couple years, and Mac Jones might be in that discussion, too. Um, but needless to say, you're going to have six or seven teams that are very viable candidates going forward. Um, mm -hmm. But can I just say this? If you are not a Chiefs fan, if you are not a Chiefs fan... How the hell are you not annoyed seeing Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or both of them in the Super Bowl every single year? It's getting old to me. I would love nothing more than to say I'm going to vote for the Bengals here, but I've got to go with the Chiefs as well. But I'm just going to tell you right now, and this is not just me as a Chargers fan. This is just me as an NFL fan. I'm getting so sick and tired of seeing this be the Super Bowl. I saw something on, on Instagram when I was um, on about earlier that it was like 18 straight seasons of at least the 49ers, uh, Tom Brady, like Aaron Rodgers, um, Patrick Mahomes, and like Peyton one Manning, other quarterback. Right. Peyton Manning probably, yeah. right? Being, being in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> Or, or being like, yeah, I think it, like in a soup, like evolved in like the Super Bowl and the like the last eighteen seasons. That just tells you that it's still 
keeps on being a re-evolving mm-hmm. thing. I want to see different teams in, in there. Yeah. Why is it always going to be, oh, well, see Patrick Mahomes. We got to see the ramp. Like, mm-hmm. well, as much as it probably won't happen, but like. Well, you know what? I would I'm love to see the Rams. Like, same, different, like the same, like, I don't, like, it's, it's kind of getting all the seating, the same quarterback in there. Like, here's the thing. Letting other I, teams and other players get there to experience it. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, here's the thing. I'd love to see the Rams. And I would have loved to see the Bills or the Bengals in there, or even the Titans. I think either of those matchups would have been good, but the Rams deserve to be there. They've earned their right to be there, assuming that they beat the 49ers on Sunday. Um, But that is our next pick here, Rams 49ers. The Rams are three-and-a-half-point favorite, and Twitter, you got a big thumbs down. Why didn't you come through for us here? Um. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the Rams as well. Um, I just think this is if there's any game that might just be the toughest to choose between. I think it's the Rams or 49ers. Those two yeah. teams just always go after each other every single time they play. The 49ers have won twice this year against the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. It's tough to beat a team three times in a row. I've got to go with, or three times in a season, rather. i got to go with the Rams here. Um, but with that, I think that takes us to our favorite time of the weekend, or our favorite time of the day here on Sunday. Um, tinkle on this. And, of course, we go back to the game we talked the most about today. Um, but... Here's the biggest moment in the game here. Stefan Diggs, so the Bills are in the huddle. A fan stormed out onto the field, and Stefan Diggs hit him pretty good. Knocked him down and helped security uh, get him off the field, essentially, with that nice little hit. So, yeah, he freaking loved that, dude. Yeah, I don't know if it was frustration from trailing or if it was just Stefan Diggs just doesn't like Chiefs fans <laughs> or something. But man, he loves You know, or maybe yeah, it's... frustration in some way without having to go yeah. after one of the players. So why not do it against their oh. fans, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with that, though... one that goes onto the field. Yeah. And on top of it, that fan's going to spend the next six months in jail, you mentioned to me. Yeah, six months in jail. Yep. I hope it was worth it, because not only do you have six six months in jail, but you're taking a tinkle on this with you into the prison cell. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, looking ahead, I think maybe next week we got to make our um, NFL honors predictions. Probably because oh, yeah. Thursday nights. Yeah. So that may take up a good chunk of our show. Um, we'll have an announcement next week on the Super Bowl as well. Um, yep. We'll but, probably have a show dedicated just to football on yeah. the Super Bowl right. again. Yep. We'll see what happens. Of course, um, we're going to talk about that when we go off the air. Um, but anyway, we want to thank you guys for watching or listening. And we hope to see you back here on TSC real soon. Until then. Oh, by the way, you'll see me on Tuesday. You'll see Jason on Wednesday.
So, um, yeah, we'll see you then, and then you'll see the two of us back together on Sunday. So, until then, bye everyone. <laughs>